Hey, Trevor Kids, we had a great episode for you. We were talking some NFL football, a little college hoops, college football rankings, and we are giving this week's picks for college football. So let's go. Welcome to Trophy Kids, presented by Bad News Media. It is November 15th, which means we have just finished the Grim Reaper game. Uh, that would be the Steelers versus the Browns. How do we think that went tonight? We're recording this on a Thursday. Do we think Freddie Kitchens makes it through the weekend after his brain melted once again on the goal line against the Steelers to lose the game? That's a great question. I do believe so. I think he just doesn't know what he's doing. Yeah. Well, we're recording this pre-Brown Steelers right now, but I have a feeling I can already tell how this is going to go. Uh, it's going to be a close game. Freddie Kitchens is going to go 0 for 25 on the goal line or some ridiculous nonsense because he was like, what, 0 for 8 or something last week. Uh, they're going to look real dumb. They're going to lose to a sucky uh, Mason Rudolph and a very good Steelers defense. And he's probably going to be fired because the last six Browns coaches have been fired after the Steelers game uh, around this week. So fun times in Cleveland. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, literally all last six uh, coaches have been fired directly following a Steelers loss. Honestly, wow. I think it would. I think it has to do with it. If he loses tonight, which I do actually think they are going to do, we'll see if I'm wrong. This is all being recorded pre-game. I don't know how you don't fire him because then the season is completely lost. Like they could still probably win out right now because that division is dumpster fire. But if you lose this game, it's over. You had a ton of expectations. Wrong, rightfully or wrongfully so, coming into the season. Baker's a disaster. The offense is a disaster. You're supposed to be the offensive guy. You're supposed to be the guy that's molding Baker. You obviously can't do both. You've had a horrendous season playing, or call playing. Playing call. Oh, my Play goodness. calling. Play calling. <laughs> Come on, Nathaniel. <laughs> it's a Thursday, folks. Um, I think you have to fire him if he doesn't win this game. Now, if the Browns do win this game somehow, well, then, we have another. Freddie Kitchens is back on life support. <laughs> Yeah, I, I have nothing to say against that. I mean, they haven't looked great at all. No. And they were supposed to be so good this year with everybody coming in. Which was probably a um, somewhat unfair re- expectation. When we did our, our NFL uh, preview earlier this year, we had the Browns ranked pretty high, or at least I did. Mm-hmm. But we did have the condition that it, the linchpin was Freddie Kitchens in the offensive line. I did not foresee Freddie Kitchens not being able to understand that you have to run the ball more when you have a terrible offensive line and not dial up long 50-yard plays that take 10 seconds to develop most of the time uh, with a terrible offensive line. I did not foresee that brain blockage, but apparently he has that, so they're trash. (laughs) Yeah, let's just let's just let the Browns uh, 2019 season be a lesson for everybody. Bad organizations are always going to be bad. The yep. Lions and the Browns are always going to be bad. Oh, you're Lions. Do you think mm. – here's a fair question. We're not going to talk about the NFL too much today. we got some other things to talk mm-hmm. about. But I did mean to ask you this because there's been a, a debate about coaches that are on the hot seat. I know you are not a fan of it, but do you honestly believe that Matt Patricia should not get another year? Oh, absolutely. He should be fired immediately. He could have been <laughs> fired like two weeks ago for all I'm co- concerned. So should Bob Quinn. Bob Quinn should walk him out the door and leave with him. Okay, look, I'm not saying Matt Patricia is definitely the answer, but what did you not improve from last year? Are you not a better football team this year than you were last year? 
what's our record this year versus last year? I mean, I'm not looking. First of all, you, Matthew you, Stafford had MVP numbers this year, and their record is terrible. I don't disagree, but you get you you don't have those terrible calls in the Packers game. This season is different. Have obviously. you watched their defense? They can't <laughs> stop anything. Oh yeah, it's as, as leaky as. And they trade away their best safety. Hey, for nothing. I, I understand that. I would just say that it to me it looks like he is at least they are somewhat better. You give him you another. You can't year. find any positive in a three-five and one season when you have thrown away so many leads in the fourth quarter. They have led every single game in the fourth quarter this year. Every single game. I know. I'm not saying you have gotten me so riled up right now. <laughs> it was very unexpected. Uh. Well, all I was thinking is there's a lot of coaches that I think are going to be fired. Somehow, Adam Gase is not going to be fired, according to the Jets, which take that with a grain of salt. But <laughs> because they came out this week saying we're not we don't have any plans to fire him this year or next year. Uh, but I think there's going to be a lot of coaching vacancies. I think there's not a ton of talented head coaching candidates out there this year. So if it's me, I'd maybe give him another year to see. Because you were trending up until that Packers game, and I said it after the Packers game, you guys were trending in the right direction. You were just not there yet. And then that Packers game put a spike in your heart. <laughs> and it's been downhill since then. Yeah. And at that point, that, when we were recording, I did agree that I liked the direction, but I was not ready to commit. I remember that. And now here we are. All right, here we are. We'll see what happens. I just, I would be interested to see if they fire him. Who, who is out there on the market to go get? Given there are going to be a handful of teams that are also going to be on the market looking for a coach in a pretty. I mean, I just don't feel like there's like this time last year there was a ton of head coaching candidates that you knew were going to get interviews, but I don't. Who's the guy that's going to get? Who's out there right now? There's not a ton, I don't think. He'll be better than Matt Patricia, but don't get me wrong here. I don't think he'll be fired. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I think there's no chance he gets fired at the end of this year. I guess that's what I was more asking was, do you think he gets fired? Maybe I should have phrased it that way. Correct. Do I want him <laughs> fired? Absolutely. I would have fired him. I, I would have fired him after his first year and just said, wipe my hands. He's not the right guy. He's not a head coach. He doesn't know what the hell he's doing. His defense is worse than what it was than what it was the year before. He And he's the defensive guru. He can't do anything. All right. That's fair. I, I, I was more taking it from the position of, do you think he's actually on the hot seat from the organizational standpoint? No, no, I, no. I should have phrased nobody's, it better. Nobody's on the yeah. hot seat from the organization. The, the Lions are incompetent. <laughs> yeah, that is that is also a fair rec- That's a fair recognition of your franchise currently, which is, I'm in the same boat, so I just figure the Glazers don't give a fuck because they have an association with Man U for Tampa Bay. But yeah, we're, we're both fans of very dysfunctional teams. Mm-hmm. Uh, one team that is not as dysfunctional as people would like to believe as we transition smoothly into college basketball is our Xavier Musketeers, which we'll get to here in a minute. But Kentucky. Oof. Oh, Kentucky. Let's talk a second. <laughs> I didn't get to watch the game because I was at the Xavier Mizzou game, which I will talk about here in a second. But man, if you are a Kentucky fan, what do you? Hell, actually, I'll ask you this: What is a Michigan as a Michigan State secondary fan? Is Michigan State thinking now to see Kentucky lose to Kentucky and then have Kentucky lose to Evansville, who was a what twenty three in a point twenty three point 
favor or underdog, yeah, I believe, or twenty two, something like that. <laughs> that's pretty much uh, irrelevant what they were. Uh, I I really don't know what to think. Um, that game, the Michigan State Kentucky game, was just atrocious to watch. And then Kentucky looks really talented. So yeah. I can't comment too much on the Evansville game. I don't know if they just got caught sleeping or what, um, because they looked really talented in that Michigan game, Michigan State game. Yeah. Here's the thing about basketball, which leads me sort of into my Xavier point. Uh, one, it was a huge upset, obviously. It's embarrassing as hell if you're a Kentucky fan and you lose to Evansville, who has like a student population of like 2,000 or something. Like, they, mm-hmm. this is not a big-time program. That is – that is as bad of a loss as Calipari has had his entire coaching career. But it's also basketball. Like, basketball is a unique, not a unique sport necessarily, but it is a sport where you're going to lose games, unlike in football and everything else. And you're going to have some upsets because it's just, it's a game where if you're even just slightly off and the other team is on, which they weren't really on. I looked at the numbers. They shot like, I forget what it was, but it was, the shooting was atrocious uh, percentage wise. But even that, it's just a weird game, which leads us to my Xavier point here as we do a little bit of uh, Xavier talk for our Xavier pod here. Are you concerned right now about Travis Steele and the Xavier Musketeers after watching uh, Missouri? I am and I'm not. Um, I'm kind of in a weird spot. They need to get somebody to spread the floor, and I'm hoping that's Kai Kai Tandy. Um, if it's not, we are in trouble because nobody likes to shoot. Everybody's a slasher, which is a big problem. When you have Tyreek Jones in the middle and you also have somebody like Zach Fremantle who can't really step out, I mean, the, it, that that part's concerning. When you try to clog up the middle, it's not going to work in college basketball. Yeah, so here's where I land on this because if you've – and it's the same thing with Kentucky because they got their loss, this loss, and – we didn't lose, but we went to overtime against a team that we probably, I don't know, should have necessarily taken overtime. These are great games to happen early in the season. I am not, I am concerned, but I'm not concerned because it is such an easy correction right now. Xavier's shooting was horrific. Just like Kentucky shooting in that Evansville game was not very good. Xavier was below, I think, 30% for the majority of the game. If I'm Travis Steele, and I can't speak to Kentucky because I didn't watch the Kentucky game, but that is a great game to put on film. One, because it shows that if you're mentally tough and you stick in it defensively, you don't give up defensively because they they had 10 kills, which they're calling this year, which is three back-to-back stops. You know, you have a high success rate of winning the game. They played great defensive basketball. They stuck in it. They didn't, they didn't fall apart mentally defensively. They kept in it as their shooting game was terrible. They went 20 for 61 from, from uh, field goals. They went three for 21 from three, which is atrociously bad. Which is my bigger point. I think this is the perfect game where you pull somebody like a Scruggs who decided he wanted to jack up a bunch of threes. Scruggs is not a guy who you give the green light to shoot himself back into the gym. You know, we've had those guys, Trayvon Blewett, J.P. McCura, maybe you give that too. Those type of guys where if they're off, you go, you know what, whatever, just keep shooting. We trust you. You can do that. Scruggs is a thrasher. If he plays at the rim, there's very few players in the league that are going to be able to stop him. Same thing with Q, same thing, I think, with Najee. But I think Najee might have a little bit more of the green light to shoot himself out of the gym. But this is the perfect perfect game for us because what it does is it it allows us to go, look, guys, the three-point line has been, been backed up. It's going to create more space for us to get to the rim. You've got to start 
I would hope that Travis Steele comes away from this game like, all right, we're going to practice on how to get great spacing and get to the rim because that's when they're playing their best basketball. And I'd rather have this game early in the year against a tough team than later in the year so we can learn and build from this. So I'm not too worried about it. But if they continue to just – if they continue to have bad nights where they're shooting and they try to shoot themselves back into the gym all the time instead of driving to the lane, creating space, cutting, doing all the things you do to get to the rim when you can spread the floor out, then we've got a problem. Yeah, yeah big problem. we do. And the one thing that I that I am concerned about, like I said earlier, is the is the guy that you can kick it out to that can hit a three and keep the defense honest. I think what I saw a little bit in that game, too, for Xavier was a lot of reckless drive into the middle, head down and then losing the ball in the paint. Um, saw too much of that. And also the interesting thing that I'm noticing now, too, is they allowed a ton of hand checking in that game. I don't yeah. know if it was a comparison to the Michigan State game where they were blowing their whistle if you breathed on them or what happened. I don't know if that they're trying to get back to Big East basketball, but they allowed a ton of hand checking to that game. Yeah. One guy I will say to look out for for, for everybody in Xavier Nation and who has the same concern as you about that guy who can knock down, keep an eye out for Bryce Moore. Bryce Moore can shoot the ball. He can shoot the ball, I think. I think he's going to be our guy. He's sort of flying, I think, under the radar. But he is a good catch-and-shoot guy. He can create some space. I have, I've noticed that in a couple of games. Um, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not too worried about it. I think Najee will get going. He had that huge shot to get his into overtime three ball. That's why I say he's probably got the green light. I would think to just kind of shoot himself back into the gym, but I'm not overly concerned. We'll see how the Dave Gavitt uh, tournament ends up here. Villanova, not looking good. (laughs) They didn't look good shooting the ball. We'll see how the rest goes, but we have to get to bigger and more important things. And that is college football. That's why the people are here. That's why they come to see our show. I am on absolute fire picking right now. Knock on some wood. I did go through, Five and three, only because it was alumni weekend at Xavier, and on Saturday I got a little, little too, too tipsy, <laughs> and forgot. We're gonna use tipsy as the kind word, and forgot to t- tweet out my Georgia pick. Uh, so I really should have gone six and three, but I went five and three in official picks. Let's first talk about college football rankings because those just came out, and I got a bone to pick. It is absolute asinine that the we know the committee has an SEC bias, but they don't even care about flaunting their SEC boner anymore. They're not even trying to tuck it into the waistband. They put Georgia at four above a one-loss Oregon team, a one-loss Nevada team, or Utah team, and even worse, an undefeated Minnesota who they put at five who just kicked the shit out of Penn State. I mean, kicked their front teeth in and didn't apologize, Penn State, and they have them at eight, and they've got Georgia who lost to South Carolina at four. Now, last week I said I don't usually get too upset about the college playoff rankings because they had Clemson at five, and I was like, don't get – like, it's ridiculous to get mad at this point because Clemson, like, in the next three weeks, everybody in front of you has to play play somebody that's going to knock them out. So, like, you're fine. You can play your way in. But that is insane to put Georgia at number four. What? Georgia and Alabama being four and five is a very odd sight to see. Yeah. Do you think Alabama was in that LSU game? Seriously. No. No. Anybody with two eyeballs who watched that game could see. Hell, you don't even have to have two eyeballs. If you have just working ears and you were listening to the game, you could tell LSU was kicking the crap out of Alabama. Now, the score doesn't dictate that, but they were ahead by two scores for the vast majority of the game. Why are – I mean, I understand there's an SEC bias. It is – you can't deny it. It's always there. But they just don't care anymore. 
Like, I don't think this is how the rankings are going to fall out, but it does concern me that if we have absolute chaos, what might happen? Because <laughs> yeah. obviously if Minnesota wins out, they're in. Ohio State's out. Clemson wins out. They're in. Whoever the SEC championship's in. But it's just concerning that you've got three SEC teams in the top five with Alabama, who doesn't have a signature win and just lost in their only tough game of the season because they have nobody in front of them. Georgia, who does have some signature wins, but lost to South Carolina. <laughs> and LSU, who's good. But Minnesota is at eight. <laughs> you, really, you really think if Ohio State loses, they'd be out? Yes. Because I think you're going to get the three. The three conference championships are in for sure. Right. So SEC, Big Ten, ACC. Well, I should refrain that. If Clemson Only doesn't win the Clemson ACC, yeah, I don't know. So if those three happen, okay, those are three in. If yeah. Oregon wins out, I don't know how you don't put in a conference champion, one loss to Auburn, who's looking very good, Oregon. I guess it depends on who Ohio State loses to. I think if they lose well, to Well, if they lose in the Big Ten championship to Minnesota, I think they could be in. I don't think that's the right thing because I think there's a reason that you have the conference champions championships yeah. is because you've already played a playoff game and you make them a de facto playoff game. Exactly. And I think I think that fresh of a loss where you don't have another week to come back to show that mm-hmm. you can play is very hurtful. And that's if Oregon wins because at that point, Oregon's won like 12 games in a row. Sure. And they're looking good. I think it would be tough. I think I think there's going to be absolute chaos at the end of this finish line because I think Ohio State's probably going to get through now that Penn State got mm-hmm. the going. But I still think that's a potential for, like, a, if Penn State can figure it out offensively in the passing game, there could be some potential there. But they got a, they got a lot of work to do, more work than I had initially thought, which also, apologize to Minnesota. You guys are legit. <laughs> We're getting to the picks in here in a moment. <laughs> they are you guys so are good. Very legit. I, I apologize. I way underestimated you. Whoo, take a bow, Minnesota, because <laughs> hey, that was that was a that was a kick the front teeth in and not apologize, like I said, spit on them on the way to the end zone type of game. That was very impressive. Yeah, very impressive. But yeah, I think I think we're in trouble. I think this year more so than every other year too is going to be the strongest argument for a six-team playoff because I think most years there aren't really six teams that can compete most years it's two and the rest are kind of playing for third and fourth place this year i think it's the margins a lot lot closer kind of like in college basketball i, I, I don't that. i don't know about that i i think if ohio state and lsu went out you'd see the top two teams and everybody else vying for third fourth and fifth i want to see See, I thought that a couple weeks ago, but Clemson is now back to kicking the crap out of people, and I do want to see them. I'm not writing them off as quick as I was a couple weeks ago because they weren't playing very good football a couple weeks ago. They're playing good football, obviously. I thought their name was carrying them to where they were, but they are now absolutely – they've come out of neutral and are kicking the crap out of teams, which they really have to do this weekend (laughs) again. Yeah, no, I understand that. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So that's the bone I had to pick. I think we're we're ready for some picks, are we not? Let's get into it. Let's go. First game, right off the bat. Game I'm coming up to Detroit for. Michigan, Michigan State. I don't understand why this is a 14-point game. Michigan State is atrocious offensively. Defensively, they're, I think you would agree, are hit or miss. Um, I guess this is like an idea of like these games have been close in the past. But I could absolutely see hardball 
wanting to rip off the head of Michigan State and just throw it across the field. I mean, step on the throat, full throttle, pedal to the metal, absolutely annihilate them from the face of the earth type of game. And Michigan football is playing a lot better. Lines 14, over under 45. I don't see why Michigan doesn't cover 14 right now. Tell me why they shouldn't cover 14 because my gut is screaming they cover 14. I can't tell you anything about this game because I totally agree with you. I think Michigan is going to turn this into another Michigan-Notre Dame game from earlier in the year. Yes. And also, like, don't get me wrong. I want Michigan State to win. I'm rooting for Michigan State. But I don't think there's a shot that they will. Like, this was almost my almost my lock of the week. I was looking at my picks again. I, like, Do I want to switch it mid-pick? But I'm I, not switching it mid-pick. It is second – it is as close to a lock of the week as I've had in a long time. I don't. I just don't know how it's not more than 14. I have this game I, at 21. I don't understand either. It's crazy. Um, I don't like the way Michigan State's playing. It's going to be cold up here, and I could see a Michigan State team getting down a few points and just laying down. Yeah. Just because like that's the way D'Antonio hasn't played this year. And it's and driving the defense, me up a wall. Don't. Tell me if I'm wrong, but the defense is like it can be very good, but it can also be very bad. <laughs> like they are. Yeah, very and, well, cheap. we're without our middle linebacker too because he well, tested positive for performance enhancing drugs. <laughs> yep, forgot about that one. Yeah, so we have no nobody that can tackle on our defense. Period. <sighs> yeah, uh, that's my pick, Michigan. Fourteen. <laughs> that's my first pick of the night. <laughs> yeah, they are bad. I will not pick that game simply because I cannot root against my own team. And, and if I have money on the other side, then I would have to root against the other team. So I'm going to go with a bounce-back game here. Alabama minus 18. Ooh, They're going is. to Mississippi State. Who's atrocious. <laughs> right, who is god-awful. I don't see how Mississippi State could come even close to holding Alabama's offense to 18 points. Yeah, I don't disagree with that. I firmly believe that is a we need to kill somebody because Nick Saban has been so far up our asses that when he coughs, we cough. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, so this this one's going to be my lock of the week. I, I think Alabama's just going to run them out of the water because Nick Saban has ran, ran those Alabama boys into the ground all week, and they know what they need to do to get in the playoffs because Nick Saban does this all the time he has one loss and he just bounces back yeah i would agree uh it was on it was close to my card which i forgot to mention because i've had an, uh, a pitiful season this year i am now 30 and 20 in picks just to let you know my record has come <laughs> soaring back um, i've had like three i think four now actually winning weeks so thank you there is i'm gonna put a chart in this degenerate report this week it is so funny because it is literally like in the month of September, it is just boom, down and then <laughs> right back up. Um, all righty. I, I like that. So it was going to be one of the ones I tweet out, um, so I will not keep that as one of my bonus picks. But I, I'm with you. I'm riding, I'm riding with you on that pick. Um, this is my lock of the week. Georgia versus Auburn, three points. People have been saying that this game is going to be close, which I understand the logic. Until you remember, Bo Nix can't throw a pass to his wide receivers. Um, so I don't know why this is three. I understand it is at Auburn. Georgia's still playing. is very much in the running. Obviously, they're four. 
Um, I think they're going to be very pumped up from the fact that they saw they turned in a four spot in the playoffs. The Georgia team, I said two weeks ago that that was the game. It was against – who did they – now I'm blanking on who they played. But I said that's the game where they get back on track. Oh, Florida. I had them as my lock that week. I said that's the game they get back on track. That's the game where they get some explosiveness back in the passing game. They had some explosiveness in the passing game. It showed me a lot. I like Georgia at minus three right now. Over-unders at 40. Georgia is my lock of the week. That is who I'm taking. I love this team right now. I think they got off to a rocky start, especially offensively. The wide receiving core was young. They got banged up a little bit, but they're back to playing good football on offense. Jake Fromm's got his number one weapon back. The wide receiving core is looking good. Georgia minus three is my lock of the week. I don't hate that because that was one of my next picks. Um, Do you hear that tapping sound? Or am I just going crazy? It could be the water dripping from the gutters at my house. Totally is. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't have a chance to get out there and take the the, uh, leaves out because we were out of town before the snow just kind of dumped on us. So now it's... Now it's just kind of slowly dripping outside the window right now. So I apologize yeah, I to everybody that's getting frustrated from the Oh, you're good. Tapping. It just sounds like like a tapping of the key almost. And I was like, are you just tapping your key like nonstop? But okay, cool. That, that explains a lot more. I thought I was also potentially going crazy over here. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, there is there is water dropping on the window. Oh, okay. Here. Perfect. So <laughs> with that being said, um, I like the, I like all of your logic on that Georgia game. That was one of my picks this week, too. I will ride with you on that. I think they are thrilled about that number four uh, spot, even though I don't think they deserve it. But that's not a question um, because they got it. So <laughs> whether they deserve it or not doesn't really matter. Um, but that being said, I'm going with my next pick. This is kind of a – I feel like this team is going to use their ranking as disrespect here. And that is Ohio State getting dropped from number one to number two. And they go up against the worst team in all of college football, Rutgers. Yep. Ohio State against Rutgers. You could have told me this spread was 70, and they probably would have covered it. Because they, Rutgers is that bad, and Ohio State wants to rub it in that bad, just like they did to Maryland after Maryland reported Chase Young for the recruiting violation. Yep. <laughs> so I also have that game on there, but With, I have the first quarter spread. Okay. I didn't look at the half. first. Oh, boy. <laughs> I didn't look at the quarters or the halves. Um, I'm with you so all the way. With that, I am going Ohio State minus 53. Fair. It's a big number. Big number. But, but. I'm, I'm taking the first quarter 13 and a half. But I don't hate that total because Rutgers is – the trash. <laughs> and that is a step on your throat. We're proving once again we're number one, like you said, type of game. And they don't need Chase Young for this game, which is what makes that awesome. Um, I had uh, – I'm not picking this game, but I thought we should mention it because I mentioned it in the rankings. Iowa-Minnesota is a game mm. that can drive you insane. It is why I'm staying completely away from it. Because in one hand, I just watched the Minnesota team that I, one, very much disrespected and kicked the teeth in of Penn State, knocked the snot out of them, didn't apologize, wore their blood to class the next day as war paint. It was that good of a game for Minnesota against an Iowa coming in. But this is a letdown spot. You're going into Iowa. 
Iowa is – so here's the thing, because I kept going back and forth, and I'm not making a pick on this game, but I thought we should discuss it. It's at three. I have gone back and forth so many times in my head because my gut is just, like, stay away from this. So I'm driving myself a little crazy because I could see a letdown game because this feels like a letdown game. But then also everybody in the Big Ten knows what Iowa is, especially at home, especially going into that fourth quarter, especially with the fact that they play fantastic defense. The offense is atrocious, but they play really good defense. So is it really a letdown game if you know, yeah, you just had a huge high, biggest win probably, and go for history? But is it really a letdown game if you know the Iowa team that you're facing is incredibly tough and a great defense? Like, I cannot make up my mind here. The three-point line, I, I feel like Minnesota should beat that. But I'm also staying completely away from it because I could totally also see this being letdown city and them coming out a little flat and Iowa kicking their teeth in defensively. I don't know. Offensively, it's atrocious, and then it's just a super close game. It is weird to me that Iowa is favored at home. Yeah. I don't understand it. And... I've gone back and forth on this so many times, too, because uh, because I agree with you. I mean, Minnesota just had the biggest game of their life, but like, they were they, also they at home. Pulled out all the stops. They were at home, though. <laughs> so I don't I, I don't know, because I was huge at home. Yeah, exactly. Everything that you said, I don't I don't know what to do with this game. I thought it was going to be on my board with the with. Um, the classic up-down game where they get up for one game and then they can't get back up for this game. But who knows? I mean, I can't just say that they can't get up for this game and bet against them, and then they then they make me look stupid again by doing something like they did last week and just blow the doors off of Iowa. Right, exactly. And here's the other problem. I was only letting up 11 points a game this season. Minnesota is scoring 37 a game, but the Iowa passing game is – you cannot argue that the Iowa passing game – is better than the Penn State passing game. And the Minnesota DBs made the Penn State passing game look like amateur hour. Like, it looked horrendous on... And I'm not saying the passing game for Penn State is like this crazy, insane thing, but it's just better. And Iowa's going to have to air out the ball at some point. They can't just run it the entire time. Um, I guess maybe they could, but (laughs) that's probably what they're going to do. But I want to stay a million feet away from this game. And that is why I'm actually going to go with Navy versus Notre Dame, because I also hate myself, but I'm taking Notre Dame here, (laughs) because I don't trust Navy. Navy, props to you guys getting ranked in the top 25, but I do feel like this is – it's a game that we trick ourselves into thinking is going to be close, because we remember in those god-awful days of Notre Dame's, like – trying to find their way back to the promised land where they were playing over in like Ireland and they were Navy was playing them close type of deal. But I don't feel like this is going to be that close. I don't really like Notre Dame. so I don't love this pick, but I have a couple other picks. I'm looking forward to tweeting out instead. So I'm putting, I'm still on my card. Um, but I like Notre Dame at seven, just cause I think Navy collapses under the, under the pressure of at Notre Dame. It's cold. It's just a bad situation for for them. Yeah, you know, I don't hate that, but I do almost feel like we're going back to the Bob Davies era of Notre Dame football. I mean, they do not look great. <laughs> and Brian Kelly does not look like a good coach this year. That is true. It's it's a tough one, but I like I think Notre Dame gets 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 the win there and they're they're able to overcome the seven. All right. Well, I'll, I'll leave that one up to you. 
And we'll move on to my next one, and that's uh, Wake Forest at Clemson. I think Clemson is going to cover this. I think they are back. I think Trevor Lawrence has kicked that sophomore slump to the slot to the side, and he is going to air it out and be huge against this Wake Forest team. I don't disagree with that. I did take a look at that. I thought about it pretty long and hard at the time. Um, it's not on my card right now. Uh, I don't think I'm necessarily going to bet it, but because I just I want to believe. I think I believe in Clemson right now kicking the crap out of teams because uh, that's what they've been doing. Um, but I want to wait and see and watch another game of Clemson, but I don't hate the pick. Um, my final pick, over under, Arizona versus Oregon, 68.5. Arizona's defense is as leaky as an old faucet on a rainy day. It is bad. Um, Oregon's going to score. Arizona's got a good offense, and while Oregon has a good defense, I still think they're going to get some points. So I like the over at 68.5. I don't know how I feel about that spread yet at 27. I feel like that's a big number for, yes, a team that has a terrible defense in Arizona but has a good offense to be able to keep it a little bit closer. Um, I haven't made up my mind yet. I think I'm leaning towards Oregon on that. It might be a pick I tweet out, so make sure you're following at Trophy Kids Pod. Like I said, I've been doing great this this uh, this last couple weeks, but I'm leaning over here. Uh, 68 and a half because I do think Arizona will put up some points, especially because I think Oregon will be in a spot where they might even pull their starters a little early. Um, and gets that 68 and a half. I don't hate that pick. I need to see some overs. I need to see some points in that game. Yes, I think we're going to because I once again Arizona's defense is absolutely garbage. So Oregon's gonna score. It's just whether or not Arizona can keep up their end of the bargain. I think they can. That offense is pretty. Pretty good. They're averaging like 30 points a game right now. Also, the Pac-12, there's no better conference at having games where they shouldn't be as close as they should because their ranked opponents just love to get beat up by the lower half of that conference. I don't think Oregon loses this game. That would be absolute insanity. But I could see this being a, a high-scoring affair. <laughs> we'll say it that. All right. Yeah, I don't hate that. Can we talk about a weird spread? Sure. Hit me. Iowa State minus seven at home against Texas. Yep, saw that one. It makes no Iowa sense State to me. Is the favorite? Well, that's because Texas can't stop a nosebleed this year. Texas Still. is awful, but they have a good offense, so I don't know why it's that big. <laughs> well, I mean, you saying that just talked me into the over at sixty-six in that game. So with that, I'm going to go with the over in that game. I would definitely go with the over in that game. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's so. That's my final pick. I wasn't going to pick this game at all. I wasn't going to give an over-under this week either, but uh, with that being said, um, yeah. I'm going over 66 in this game. They can't stop it. This spread it. makes no sense to me. Still. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. That's like the Minnesota one where I'm staying away from it, but it's like I think Minnesota should be able to sweep that game out, but it's it's totally a, a, a catch you kind of game. Um, but, yeah, Texas, they can't stop a nosebleed. They are horrendous on defense. I think Tom Herman, I said it last week, I think even though they are ranked, um, they have three losses. They lost to LSU, Oklahoma, uh, and TCU. They barely beat Kansas State. I think because boosters down in Texas are sort of crazy. Um, I think that, yeah, they Tom Herman might be running. If he loses this game especially, if he loses four games oh, this yeah. year, I think he's done. But, yeah, just to too. back up my, like, they can't stop a nosebleed Texas, and why that over is so good, Texas is averaging 37 basically 38 points a game. They're also letting up about 31 points a game. So, mm. <laughs> and Iowa State's putting up about a 36 spot. 
average. So, yeah, I think the over is probably a, a, a good bet there. All right. So if they just hit their averages, they, they, they hit the over then, too. That's that's good news. I like yeah. that. I very, I mean, Iowa State put up, which was a great pick by uh, Michael last week because he, he did the picks last week, that Oklahoma game. They put up a 40 spot on Oklahoma, which doesn't have the greatest defense in the world, but it's mm-hmm. it's better than Texas. They put up, yeah, they put up 27 against Oklahoma State, which is great. They put up 34 against TCU, or not T- TCU. They put up 49 against TCU, 38 versus West Virginia, 34 against Texas Tech. I mean, it's good offense. So I'm, I'm with you on that. I'm going to roll with you on that over, to be honest. <laughs> and you know what? Now that we just talked about that weird spread, I have a pick in that Iowa game. PJ oh, Fleck is the ultimate motivator. And there is no way he doesn't know that his team is an underdog after just beating Penn State. He is going to use that as motivation big time and get those boys ready to play. See, that's where I was at. Like like I said, my gut was like run away from this game. You know, I could totally see it be that way. But, you know, you're right. P.J. Fleck is a motivator. That team is very good. There's no way they don't feel disrespected because I'm sure they're aware of where the spread is, especially college kids nowadays. They all say they don't know where it's at, but they definitely know uh. where it's at. ESPN has leaned hard into that, especially in college football. Um, so, yeah, and I think they just – they have to feel disrespected by the fact that they're sitting at eight on the college playoff ranking. Like, that is absolutely insane. Um, it's just – I don't know. I would – I always, always has a game in them every year where they just come out of nowhere and they play incredibly tough. But you're right. I, they really the fact, do. If, I think if they there. were – I think if I think if Minnesota was favored in this game, it would definitely be more concerning – so I, I'm with you. I lean – well, you're picking them. I lean definitely more towards Minnesota because they're the underdogs and there's a good chance they win this game, but they win it ugly. Um, mm-hmm. But you're not wrong. He is he is an insane motivator. Row that damn boat. Cause... <laughs> yeah, row the boat. If they if they were a one-point favorite or a, if it was just a pick them, uh, I wouldn't like going with Minnesota. Yeah, The I'm fact that you. they're underdogs and clear underdogs at three points, even though three points on the road is – generally a pick em. um but that that's what i think he'll use his motivation yeah and they've got a they've got definitely a 50 50 shot at winning that game if not like, oh yeah that's sports. the thing that surprised me the most about the penn yeah. state game was that they they looked like they had actual athletes that could compete compete with penn state and were on the same level if not better i didn't expect to see that when i turned on that game yeah they they jumped off the screen of like oh we have very much underestimated this team. They are mm-hmm. very good. Because Penn State, people I think are now like very like, oh, Penn State was a fraud. Penn State's still a very good team. They just got they just got beat by a, a team that was far superior in executing and just executed way better. Like just way better. And they had the athletes to be able to compete. So it's going to be interesting. Yeah, because I thought Penn State was the only team that had the athletes to compete with Ohio State. Turns out after watching that Minnesota game, you didn't have to turn into that whole Minnesota game at all either. At any point in that game when you tuned in, you could tell that the athletes on Minnesota were better than the athletes on Penn State, which was the most surprising thing. I don't know if I'd go across the board on that. Not better, but but equal. Yes, I would say, yeah. There are definitely some freaks. I also think Penn State should have run the ball a little bit more because they were having some success there. I think think the game plan was a little – I think it's concerning how Penn State's pass passing offense got so manipulated by those DBs, which is makes me concerned for my Penn State could beat Ohio State because I'm with you on that. Mm-hmm. I've been saying that all all year. Like, watch out, Penn State's the team that can do it because they got athletes. Um, that passing game has got a lot of work to do before they play Ohio State next week. Yes. Um, but yeah, it's 
It's going to be a good one. I didn't love the board this week, but I, I like my picks. i got a couple out that I'm going to tweet later in the week. Uh, so stay tuned for that. You got any final thoughts before we wrap this bad boy up? Uh, go green. Oh, man. <laughs> go X. <laughs> All right. We'll talk to you later. Bye. Peace. Peace.